0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Third Shifter Podcast. I'm your host, Jud Severy. Now, I am a. Well, before we get into the uh, main body of the of this podcast, I want to talk to you guys a little bit. Um, yeah, this is going to be. Uh, yeah, I'm only doing one episode in July, which you guys have probably already figured out. I'm only gonna be doing also one in August. Then I'm gonna be taking the whole month of uh, September off. Right now, there's just a lot of stuff going on, and hoping by the end of September, everything is gonna. I'm hoping everything is gonna just settle down and mellow out, so that we can get things more on track. And, and in the like right now, um, at just at the time of this recording. From what we just got, like a a tremendous amount of rainfall, almost an unseasonly amount. Yeah, we've usually we get a lot of, we'll get a lot of rain in the early spring, Uh, sometimes in the later fall when the hurricanes have come up the coast, we'll get a lot of rain from that. Usually July and August, it's relatively mild in New England. By way of rainfall, we'll still get rain, but not like this, and. Last few weeks we've had tornadoes touching down, we've had um horrendous amount of flooding. Uh, a matter of fact, uh, a friend of mine, her son, uh she has two boys. Her her oldest I actually palled around with in high school. And uh I should probably tell you a little bit about how redneck I am I'm using the term pal around instead of, you know, a bunny or whatever. Anyways, we uh his brother, her son, they lived in Ripton, Vermont, and there had a house that was on the hillside, and the whole the whole side of the hill decided to give out and took the house out while they were still in it. Um, everybody survived, but there's still a lot of uh, uh, work that needs to be done, a lot of repairs that need to be done, and possible relocation. There's still a lot of families out there who are displaced, you know, waiting for insurance companies to come in, and, Cut checks. Uh, Like I said, we just this has been very stressful on everybody. Uh, Co-workers having to find different routes to work and ways home. And uh, I've also my depression has also been in overdrive. Usually, this is probably where I'm going to just kind of tell you right now about the nine eight eight number. If you're suffering from depression or or suicidal idolations please go ahead there's people there who are going to talk with you they're not going to judge you they're going to try and help you go talk to your preacher go talk to a therapist i use better help me personally and anita is fantastic i this is i am not trying to uh go ahead i'm not trying to just, you know publicize anything i'm trying to get you help if you don't want to use you know better help there's also a cerebral Uh, And Talkspace, all those are online services that you can, you don't have to leave your house. You don't have to go to an office. All right there, you can either do a video call, talk on the phone, or text. Okay? So, I mean, there are options. If you need to uh, work on your better, your mental health, go ahead. Okay, please, please, you know, you have options. Okay? Use them. And most of those online services, they do take your health insurance. So go right ahead. And BetterHelp, uh, they don't, I don't think they take insurance. But if you have an FSA account um, or an HSA, which is like, a, basically those are like your health savings accounts. That There are two different types of health savings accounts that you can use. You can uh, get use those to pay for the services. So, I mean, Really uh, go ahead, please get the help that you need and and just, you know, so you you are loved, you are needed in this world, you are special to somebody. So don't sit there and think that, you know, that, you know, that you're at the end of it. But like I said, my depression has been going into overtime lately. Um, I've been having little panic attacks a lot of changes going on changes with my church uh some changes with work a new work schedule new uh things going on there and so I've been having a lot of stuff going over, being overwhelmed lately and that's why I, uh july July and August there's just gonna be one podcast in September I'm just gonna take the entire month off. And hopefully by mid-October, I will resume podcasting. So, But I will keep you up to date. If you uh, go to the, the thirdshifter.com Facebook page, I'll keep you up to date there. Also on MeWe, um, I have a page there that you can go to, and I'll keep you up to date uh, of what's going on with the podcast. And with that being said, um, oh, and another thing. Uh, <laughs> at the time of this recording, I'm having problems with my car. Uh, runs great, except I have some lights that don't want to come on, and change the bulbs and everything else, and nothing's coming on. So, got take it into the shop, and I'm just praying to God that it's going to be an easy fix. Okay, and that's really what my I'm struggling with. So, with all that being said, uh, let's get on to the meat and potatoes of, of the podcast today. All right. Now, with all that being said and done, uh, this is a redo of a podcast of an episode that I did a while ago. Um, as I said, I am not very tech savvy. And here I am going from uh, platform to platform, trying to find the best fit for my uh, podcast. And since says I am technically still, you know, not a great tech guru. Uh, when it comes to the podcast I'm really wanting to learn I love doing this so we're going to uh, so what I did was I'm right now I settled well I settled with, with anchor who later became Spotify for podcasters and so with that being said you know I'm using that but I've been on a two or three different ones that were actually paid And in the process of changing, I've had a lot of episodes disappear. They didn't transfer over to platforms very well. So I've been going back. I've been redoing a few of my uh, older podcasts and just to kind of get them in there. Now, when I come back in October, I am really going to be focusing more on uh, Miraculous Rescues and also on Disasters. Particularly man-made disasters, okay, or uh, disasters that kind of fall into the realm of they could have been prevented. And what I'm want in with that is you know there's a lot of other uh, platform you know podcasts out there they're dealing with uh, the strange, the paranormal, the macabre. Uh, they, you know, it is you know. Bigfoot, crypt, different cryptids, and all that—all that's fine. And if you really like that, I love ghost stories. I love hearing about the paranormal. I love just these strange, um, you know, un, unsolved crimes and everything else. But there are people out there that are far better than me. Um, I do have a background and a family background in emergency response um what that means is when i was i grew up with a father who was an emt and he was also uh, eventually became the assistant fire chief in our hometown and with that i had a lot of interactions with the police um so i that is something i've always had a heart for and i've been in the debates recently and wanting to get some training. I have some other friends who are paramedics and EMTs. So I really kinda wanted to get into something different. Hopefully something I can use to just uh, how should I say this? Bring honor to them, bring honor to to those who go out and they're risking their lives. Bring honor to someone who you know they you know, the Third century podcast is really out of a love of people who work the odd hours. Okay? And we're going to keep it like that. Um, we're still going to keep, I'm going to keep talking about uh, giving uh, homage to the truck drivers, to the factory workers, to the craftsmen, the tradesmen. But I'm really going to give an homage to the firemen, paramedics, police officers. They don't get enough credit for what they do. They don't get enough pay for what they do. So, so coming October, that's what we're going to be focusing on. And some of those disasters, we're going to talk about, they're also going to be medical disasters. Uh, if one I want to get into. I want to get into uh, the opioid epidemic, how that has come about. That is, cover. I think that should, I probably will cover three or four different uh, categories by way of disasters that wanted how they could have been prevented and that's medical industry it, it just all over the place so we're gonna we will be touching on that I have a feeling that's gonna end up being a, probably if not a two-part episode a three-part episode so we'll wait and see and get going on that now by way of of disasters I called I called this one at the time a tale of two boats it's from October twenty twenty two so but I'm re I'm re-recording it and me by Tale of two boats well it's uh basically I'm talking about two different uh commercial shipping disasters boat disasters um, they fall you know under the tourist passenger boat disasters okay and i'm not talking so much like like the titanic and the and her and the britannica and all those and those ships there what i want to talk these are uh, smaller boats these are boats that were meant you know just for like day cruises and all that so first of all i want this was a friend of mine she brought this up to me uh last september when we were talking this was the inspiration we happened to be on lake george on a on a uh, lake cruise and those cruises are if you ever have a chance if you to go to Lake George, even if it's a a similar lake to Lake George, Lake Champlain, uh, maybe one of the Great Lakes, actually, <laughs> actually um the other story connected to this has something to do with uh, the Great Lakes. And uh with all that being said, uh you know, if you, if you get you know, if you have a chance to go on to one of these little cruises, Um, I would do it. They're relaxing. They're enjoyable. Uh, Especially in the fall when the leaves are starting to change color. But this is about the uh, Ethan Allen. And the Ethan Allen was a boat in October uh, 2005, actually, October 2nd, 2005, a 40-foot tour boat, it was called the Ethan Allen, uh, capsized and sank south of Kramer Point on Lake George in upstate New York. Uh, if you're wondering where Lake George is to me, it is about hour hour fifteen minutes away. Okay, uh, twenty minutes by twenty probably twenty miles by the way the curl flies, uh, but by car you're looking at like a, probably close to an hour hour forty hour hour and a half depending on the traffic and the weather and everything else. Uh, lake George is a beautiful lake. Believe it or not, it's Northernmost point goes up towards uh, Ticonderoga, New York. Uh, And there is Fort Ticonderoga. And more southern part point of the lake, uh, it goes down to almost towards Glens Falls. And at that point is, uh, I believe it's uh, Fort William Henry. And you you ever get a chance to go to either one of those fords. Very historical. Very, uh, you'll just love them. But with all that being said and done, let's go on. Now, the Ethan Island was a had forty-seven passengers, or of mostly senior citizens from Michigan who were wanting to enjoy the fall foliage. Yeah, that's and like I said, that's just a, that's a beautiful time of year. There, you know, and it's like the Adirondacks. And if you if you want if you've never been to a place where the fall foliage is just magnificent, it's the best way to describe it is like God took a paintbrush and just painted all these yellows and reds and oranges all over the trees. It is magnificent. And with that being said, in around 255, on that day, the Ethan Allen capsized, killing 20 and injuring many others. And you're thinking, to okay, how did this capsize? These boats... Um, have to go through rigorous tests. Um, If there's any modifications made to them, they have to be approved by uh, all these different transportation agencies and state agencies before they're allowed to take on passengers. And we're going to get into that here just a little bit. Now, Now, according to the captain, there was a speculation of a rogue wave um, that came from from another boat that was um, called the Mohegan. Yes, the last of the Mohegan. That's where all that part of the country is. You know, that's where that that film was pretty much about that part of the country. And trying to say that this rogue wake, this rogue wave from the Mohegan topsized his boat. Now, I don't think it takes much of a genius to realize that. There's something wrong here because he's trying to blame another boat. So either he piloted the boat wrong, or he's trying to cover up something. Now, now during the investigation, it was determined that the Ethel Allen capsized due to insufficient stability. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is, is that Ethan Allen. What happened is. The way this boat was designed, it was it should not. Originally, these boats, if untampered with, they should be able to you know not capsize. Rock, yes. Capsize, no. And with that, it is discovered that the owner had added new steel canopy that changed the center of gravity. Center of gravity is a really a big issue. Um, out on the water, even in driving if you notice a car that has a narrow wheelbase but it's like really tall Uh, maybe it's got uh, stuff stacked up on top of it or it's just kind of one of those weird boxy looking vehicles like uh, early uh, early range rovers used to be considered rather top heavy Uh, early jeeps used to also be considered rather top heavy if you're going around a curve too fast you would flip and that is what's happened here is the Ethan Allen became top heavy the owner had made modifications and basically because of these modifications instead of having 47 passengers on this boat he should have only had 14 that is according to um the different transportation agencies and I'm going to get into those here just a little bit on who they were and each pat those pat 14 passengers should have been no more than 140 pounds each and uh I doubt that was the case. Uh, he had a 47. Now, the tests that were conducted to determine the uh, what happened to the Ethan Allen and how everything happened. These tests were conducted by the National Tra- Transportation Safety Agency mm-hmm. and the U.S. Coast Guard. So, like I said, the owner is trying to blame another boat and come to find out it wasn't the other boat's fault. It was the Owners' fault, and I'm going to get into the lawsuits. I believe here's got there's uh, uh, something else going on, but not long after uh, the the Ethan Allen disaster happened on Lake George, those who were involved began filing lawsuits. and Not just the survivors, but uh, those who died, you know, the, those who have passed, who who's died due to injuries or drowned in this accident, their living relatives. They're filing lawsuits right away. Now, Richard Paris of uh, Shoreline Cruises were indicted by a grand jury. Well, and Shoreline Cruise, him and his basically his employer, they were uh, indicted by a grand jury on February 5th, 2007. In March 2007, Richard Paris pled guilty and was paid. A two hundred and fifty dollar fine and two hundred hours of community service. Uh I I can't. No, that I am. I think I remember. I remember the last time I did. I was just so disgusted. Um, and it's about the same. It's gonna be about the same thing with the Eastman. That were or the Eastland disaster, where uh, those who should have been held responsible were not held responsible. It's. I'm uh, oh, sorry, two hundred fifty bucks and two hours, hundred hours of community service. That should have been. I, I don't know it was also revealed that the insurance that shoreline cruises had was fraudulent. okay this is a commercial business. Um, it's also you know not, never mind it being a boat uh, any any motor vehicle you've got out there you should have some sort of insurance on it. Um, no matter if it's really supposed to be a roadworthy or if it's just you know something you're just going to pile around on your on private property with it all should have insurance on it. And this is a commercial business, um, commercial tourist business, and they, had, they basically said, we have insurance, but they didn't have insurance. Basically, two weeks after the disaster, it was announced that shoreline crews had no insurance to cover their claims of the accident. And I... Nothing much more. I really could not find much more. I am very much sure that what happened... What, should have happened was it's like well great your insurance doesn't you don't have the um the insurance to cover it you might want to start selling assets. I think that's what ended up happening is that they started selling they had to sell the all their you know all the other assets that they had in order to get the money to pay off all these uh court costs that they got. Well I'm sorry, still two hundred I mean two hundred and fifty dollars as a truck driver uh when I was driving truck I had some axles that were uh, registered ten in California, ten pounds over the axle weight, and I got a seven hundred dollars fine for that. And he was involved in an accident, um, captaining that you captain the, captained the sh- a boat, which, by the way, he if if he felt that that boat was unsafe, he had the right to say no, that he wasn't going to take it out. Anyway, that's neither here or there. Uh, all he has to do is two hundred hours. That's Five what? Five five weeks at forty hours a week. Um, if he could only do, uh, it's. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm I, I'm not gonna even try to do the math. I'm too flustered. Um, yeah, like five weeks at forty hours a week, or what? Twenty hours, twenty weeks at ten hours. If he did, you know, ten hours on the weekend, or what? You know, oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Uh that that's not justice. Not justice at all. And unfortunately, we're about to see the same thing happening with the Eastland. Um uh, Eastland was a passenger ship based in Chicago and was owned by the I cannot even read my handwriting on uh, the Saint Joseph and Chicago of Chicago Steamboat Company. There, there we go. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. And, and basically, it primarily operated in the Great Lakes. And um, this was back in the day where, uh, the, you know, the majority you know, there were a ton of roads that actually connected everything, and it was probably a whole lot quicker to get if you were like on the Great Lakes. It was probably quicker to hop a boat and go take a boat across the lake or around the lake versus trying to get into a car and drive. Yeah, okay, uh, the interstate system wasn't there. Uh, paved roads weren't there that much. So, yeah. Uh, the ship itself had a history of problems dating back to its construction in 1902. And just a little foreshadowing. July 24, 1915, Eastland, along with four other ships, were chartered to transport employees of western electric company and companies hawthorne works uh western electronics that was the base uh this was probably back in the uh the grand I'm, I'm gonna call it the grand, the grandparent age the golden age of uh industry they were actually getting you know making i think they made conductors and things for to get for uh generators and you know basically uh the nation was get, was starting to become more electrified as time goes on so they were uh every major by nineteen fifteen every major metropolitan area was fully uh was fully electrified uh but there were still a lot of other places around the country that were not so they were a part of that you know creating uh that those parts to help get uh, they help get uh, to get everybody electricity around the country now this was kind of a big deal. They were uh, getting ready to go. Now, the whole story, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of veer off my notes, and I'm going to just go ahead and tell the story. Now, what was going on here was there was um, Hawthorne, Hawthorne Works, uh, Western Electric, they were, this was like an employee appreciation day, okay? Um, they were in the middle of Taking all these employees to it, there was uh, it was I believe it was just over in Indiana, and like I said before, it was quicker to take a boat than it was to drive. And this was a huge treat. So Western Electric charted these four boats, and they were taking them from Chicago and the East, the East River. Um, that famous picture of Chicago, where you see the East River going down. It's like in nearly every. Movie based in Chicago, you see the it's the East River, okay? That's where these boats were parked, and they were loading them up not just with company employees, but their family, their friends, and they were going to this this big old day long picnic. So this was a this whole thing was a huge deal. Now. Da-da-da. Now, while docked in the Chicago River, the Eastland began to lean to one side due to being already Uh top-heavy. Remember what I just said? From additional boats. Now, um, these boats were actually not long... you got to think. I think it was uh, 1912, uh, pre-World War I. We just had a huge, major disaster happen. That was the... uh, the rms titanic it sank and all these people are so all these companies throughout they don't want another titanic so they are adding boats okay they are making sure there is enough lifeboats for all passengers who are going to be on that on those boats and so on this particular day uh, probably more passengers than, there, than normal are going onto the ship they already they are already uh, put new lifeboats all over these ships. This this one ship particular, the Eastland, has already had a record of having issues and different problems. So, now we're starting to lean to one side. Now, they started boarding the ship at around 6.30 a.m., but by 7.28, the Eastland had tipped to its side in the middle of the Chicago River, and 20 feet of polluted water now i want you i want you guys to think for just a minute um chicago east river there that is not the only time you know it's usually now it's pretty crystal clear and everything else um it is a sea, so it's there is probably some raw pollution going into it but nothing horrendous unlike back then now back i want you i want you to think about this for just a minute back then it was nothing for sewers to be for people's you know household sewers to be going draining into rivers and into lakes. Uh, it is I mean you did not want to go into a river back in this day and in pointing out the fact that this is polluted water. I mean it's, this is very significant. Okay, because now. These people don't only have to worry about drowning, but now they have to worry about diseases and other infections that they're going to get from from the water now after the the Eastland um capsized people on shore um they they begin to jump into the river to help the survivors to shore. Now there weren't just people who were sitting on the you know out on the decks of the ship I mean this wasn't an open decked ship. Um, they were, there were other, you know, different, you know, there were enclosure decks, you know, you kind of, you go down to the lower deck, you know, like different compartments, different cabins. So a lot of these people, that's where they were at. They had, they were trapped inside. But fortunately, also like the case of the, uh, of the Ethan Allen, and I forgot, I failed to bring this up and the Ethan Allen Local boaters, uh, people who had their own little private boats, pontoon boats, speed boats, whatever, and they're out there and trying to enjoy the water. Like the, in the case of the Eastland, they went out to help. Okay? And stuff like this, this is what really gets gets to my heart, is um, I know you probably, probably, it has to happen in other countries, but you just hear about it in America. The spirit, it is not when we see a disaster happen, we don't sit there and say, um, well, there's people who do say it, and there's, in my opinion, they're heartless, but the majority of people in, in the United States, we turn around and they say, I got to do something. I got to do something to help. And that is what we, that is what we do. And I am terrified that there's going to be a day the government is just going to crack, you know, the way things are going in our government, the way things are going in our societies that, it's going to get to a point where we're we're just going to be going... <coughs> I'm so sorry, my throat is starting to get out on me, so i got to go through this real quick. That this particular spirit that I'm reading about here with the Eastland and also with the Ethan Allen, it's going to get quenched to where the government will get to it when the government gets to it. And I can go on about, like down in the south, some hurricanes where people on their with airboats would after a storm goes through and you got major flooding they would just get on their airboats and they'd be shooting around you know rescuing people and the government got fema got mad about it and that's neither here or there i'm not i'm not here to, to trash the government i'm here to tell you a story of a disaster that happened now people jumped up to help they were jumping into the water they're pulling people uh out of the out of the water and trying to save them now the Eastland it was filled, and I didn't tell you how many passengers were on there, but at this now they're on this I am so sorry <clears throat> now this thing is the disasters disaster was so tremendous that hearses that were in the area on um, a hearse you know the the hearses back then were much larger than the hearses we have now hearses are being used for ambulances they were they didn't have enough ambulances so the funeral homes were actually going in I'm sure they were trying to drum up a little business but they were also grabbing people who were alive and loading them up and just getting them to the hospital and uh, there were a total of 844 people dead Many were teenagers and small children and infants. Remember, this was supposed to be a family event. You had husbands and wives. They were taking their you know, children. Like I said, some were teenagers, some were just small children, and then you had infants. They were going out. You had also uh, some other young... I was hearing stories of young ladies who... Uh, <coughs> you know, <clears throat> Some of them worked part, you know, worked at least part time for the uh, for the Westland, you know, Western uh, Electric, and they were they were excited to go to this picnic in order to meet handsome young men, potential husbands. That was a big deal back then. And so, here they are. They're in this on this boat, and they don't make it. Many died on the boat. There were a total of two thousand, oh, nearly. 2500 passengers and crew. this wow I mean I mean that's just I and I I really don't know you know I can tell you right now why this the Eastland disaster was not has not been talked about too much because during this time we were still in we were in the early days of World War one. So with World War I going on, uh, people were more concerned about what was going on on the Eastern Front and our boys who were overseas than they were about the Eastland. But this was a horrific accident that happened. Many politicians laid out the dead in auditoriums so that individuals who have missing loved ones can walk through to identify the dead. This is, oh wow, this is horrific. Um, this is, I mean, I, I, I just don't know what this, this is, this is this had, I mean, I, I don't think I could handle ever being, getting a phone call saying, uh, all we know is one of your kids, one of your loved ones was in this mass accident and we need you to come down to this auditorium and just walk through and see if you can identify them. I, I just don't think I could do it, and also entire families were were lost in this. Um, like I said, this was a family event. You probably had fathers, mothers, and children. They're probably below deck on the ship when it tipped over, and it tips over. They can't get out. Water is rushing in. I, I'm, I'm like I, I, just, I, I just can't think. I just can't think of it right now. By July twenty eighth, um, when did this happen? It was what the twenty. 4th? Did I say that it happened? So four days have gone by. Yeah, July 24th, and now it's July 28th. Chicago was a city of funerals. Grave diggers were working 12-hour shifts. I mean, I don't know what tools they had. I don't, I don't know if they had back um, bucket loaders and backhoes back then but uh wow, I mean that twelve hour shifts I mean that's that, that was a lot of graves um and some of the uh and I, I know in some of the cemeteries, they said that there's entire sections that were just for the Eastland disaster, this is how massive this was, and yeah wow i I just don't know now. There were real severe legal repercussions. On that, on that Saturday, Captain Harry Penderson, Chief Engineer Joseph Erickson, along with other crew members, were taken into custody to protect them from the angry crowd. I would not blame them. At the end, nobody was held accountable for the Eastland disaster. Now, there was one person who, I mean, they actually blamed him for it, only because he died, and that person was the Chief Engineer jo- Joseph Erickson. Um, he was posthumously held responsible, basically because he had died before all the lawsuits and the trials were concluded, and and when I if I remember when I was researching all this, he was also one who was trying to uh make his way back into the boat after it already had tipped over and he was trying to uh, either i think empty out the ballast tanks or do something to try to save to try and save people he was he 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 himself he was risk bit early he before he was carted off he was risking his life to go and save people and my i'm losing my throat yeah <laughs> so with that said i gotta kind of speed this up. Ethan Allen tour now. On Lake George, I believe it's there on the south end of uh, of Lake George. There is a marker for the Ethan Allen tour boat that was established in two thousand and seven. Families and survivors of the disaster attended a ceremony for the tenth anniversary of the tragedy. And like I said, that is just really sad. That was uh, Ethan Allen and the eastbound and with the eastbound I got I mean it's that the, the memorial for that the Eastland disaster there is a Eastland um disaster historical society it was formed to keep the Eastland memory alive and they actually do a pretty good job they have a website it's called eastlanddisaster.org and I would encourage you to go and uh, check it out um other sources that you can go and look up about Any of these is, of course, Wikipedia. Wikipedia is always fantastic for going out. Uh, Smithsonian Magazine, uh, freepress.com or freep.com, and also, as I said before, the Eastland Eastland Disaster.org and YouTube, and of course, YouTube. And on that, you can go to uh, the channel, is called uh, Ask a Mortician, and she. She really got a lot in that that poor girl on there. She really got a lot of slack for that episode. Um either she was shut down or nearly shut down um all because she was she actually put out historical, you know, photos from the disaster and it was kind of graphic and so they the uh YouTube agor- algorithms tried to shut her down and it was just be doing the uh she didn't deserve it. She was just trying to tell a story. And like I'm telling you a story. So those are your sources. And uh, and I really have to get off. <laughs> I'm starting to lose my throat. And I want to thank all of you for listening. And until next time. Bye for now. everyone, in closing today I want to read to you out of the book of Jeremiah verses 12 and 13 Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart uh, but yeah, you know, real quick, basically what, he's trying, what the, what the author is trying to say is that when we're seeking God with a whole heart, and when we're praying with a whole heart, that is when God is going to hear us. And when we're searching for Him with a whole heart, that is when we're going to find Him. Okay, that is probably the short, sweet, hard-to-beat version of of that verse. And so, as you go out today, God bless and talk to you soon.